ask you to take your Bibles, please, and turn to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. We're going to begin our Bible reading in verse number 10 of Philippians 4. Philippians 4, verse number 10. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased And I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry. Both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Notwithstanding, ye have well done that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel when I departed from Macedonia... No church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica you sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now unto God and our Father be glory forever. Amen. Salute every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren which are with me greet you. All the saints salute you, chiefly they that are of Caesar's household. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Amen. And we'll end the reading there just at the end of the book. And let's seek the Lord in prayer together before we come back to these verses. Let's pray. Our Father, we come before you now with our Bibles open asking that you would come and speak to us. We pray that you would deal with us graciously, teach us those things that we need to know. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. If you are saved then whether you like it or not, you are a servant of the Lord. Now, when we say that, you are a servant of the Lord, then it stands to reason that you are either a good servant of the Lord or you are a bad one. There really is no middle ground there. I guess a person could say that one is mediocre, but if you're simply mediocre, then you're not good, so you're bad. So you're either a good servant of the Lord or you're a bad servant of the Lord. Now, I hope and I believe that all of you here do have a desire to be a good servant of the Lord. And in Philippians 4.13, Paul gives us a very powerful text 
that relates to our service for Christ. You may have wondered as we read this, is he going to preach on verse 13 or is he going to preach on verse 19? Those are the two big verses in this passage. But it's verse 13 that I want to point our attention to this evening. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. But before we come to look at that text more closely, I want to introduce this text really in its whole context. And that's why we read this whole section here. Paul is speaking to the Philippians concerning the way that they have helped him in the past. They provided for his necessity. He says even when he was away in Thessalonica and he had need in a a different city, the Philippians hearing of that, they took up a collection and they, they provided for the Apostle Paul. They helped to meet his, his necessities. And they were a very generous congregation. In verse 11, he says that he is not saying this because he wants anything. He's not uh, thanking them, kind of fishing for more help or, or more money. Paul's desire is that they would grow in grace and in the knowledge of the truth. And Paul is communicating to them that he has learned in his Christian experience to be content no matter what comes his way. Regardless of the hand of divine providence in his life, he's learned to be content. Now that's an important lesson for us all. Uh, Discontentment is really a great sin and really is a sin that plagues very many. We need to learn to be content. Godliness with contentment, the Bible tells us, is great gain. But Paul tells us in this learning, in whatever state he found himself therewith to be content, he goes on to say that he's learned that if he is abased, if he is brought low, if the hand of divine providence is heavy upon him, he's learned to be content with that. He's learned to trust the Lord, even in those very difficult, trying circumstances. But yet he also goes on to say that he's learned even if he is abounding, if the hand of divine providence is very soft and easy for him, and he has more in in abundance of what he needs, he's learned in that state also to be content. Now, to our ears, that might seem quite strange, because in our humanistic and very selfish way of thinking, uh, you know, one would ask the question, well, why do you need to be content if you have all that you need? Isn't it if you're in a state of poverty, that's when you need to learn to be content. And contentment doesn't really come into the picture if you have all that you need. But really what Paul is communicating to us is that the outward circumstances that he dealt with really weren't all that important to him. That wasn't the point of life. That wasn't what troubled him. That wasn't what bothered him. He could be content regardless of what state he found himself. If he was full, he was content. If he was hungry, he was still content. He had learned his contentment in Christ. But having said this, Paul says in verse 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And the all things, they're really in its context, refers to being content either in want or in fullness. 
That's the all things that he's learned to have strength through Christ to deal with. That's the verse in its immediate context, and that's what Paul's talking about. But as you're well aware, this is one of those verses that contains a truth that really is much larger than its context. This is why you can go to Gullions and you can find a plaque with this verse on it that you can hang on your wall. It's one of those kinds of verses. The same thing with verse 19. It's, it's a verse worthy in its context, obviously, but a verse that is so much bigger than its context in the truth that it contains. And so that's what we have really here in verse number 13. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. In its context, it has its own application, but I say it's bigger than that. And so I want to preach to you this evening on the subject of strength for service. Paul was a servant of the Lord. You and I are servants of the Lord. It can be very easy for us to be discouraged in our service for Christ. And I don't mean that in the sense that in our service for Christ, like I'm a preacher, so I'm serving the Lord. I mean all of us. We all are called to be servants of the Lord. And that's why I said at the beginning, you're either a good one or a bad one. You're either a good servant of the Lord, you're either faithful serving the Lord, or you're not. But I believe we all want to be used in the Lord's kingdom. We all want to be good servants of Christ, promoting the kingdom of God. And so it applies to us in so many different areas of life. And we can be discouraged in our service. You know, you moms can get very discouraged with just the daily grind of things. It gets mundane and it gets so difficult because you cook a meal for your family and you spend an hour cooking a meal for your family. The kids complain they don't like this part of it or they don't want the mushrooms in it or they pick all the onions out and they do all that and 15 minutes the meal's over and then you're 30 minutes on the other side doing dishes and cleaning and putting stuff in the dishwasher, only to do it all over again, over and over and over. And the pile of laundry that gets piled up, and the schoolwork that backs up, and this that needs to be graded, and that that needs to be graded, and the house that needs to be cleaned, and the taxi driving service, and all the rest of it that is the duty and the responsibility of moms, it gets tiring, it gets frustrating. It's your service for the Lord. It's, it's your rendering service in the kingdom. Don't ever lose sight of that. But it's difficult and it gets discouraging. We dads have the same kind of thing. We get discouraged with work. You go, you're nine to five or whatever you do, and the stuff at home and the disciplining of your children and the helping at home and all the rest of it. And it's like, when does it ever end? It, it, it seems as, you know, we're little, we're rats on a treadmill, just going and going and going, and when does it ever stop? And how do you ever get ahead, and how can I keep my head above water? And life is hard. And Christ, I'm sorry, and Paul says that he's learned in all that to be content with what life throws at him. It's all okay. Because he can face it all in the strength of Christ. In whatever state he finds himself, he's content, and he can do all of these things that the Lord puts on his plate with the power of Christ with him. And so that's strength for service. And so that's what I want to speak to you about this evening. And the first thing I want you to see is the source 
of this strength. And it stands to reason, we have to understand from the very beginning, this source is not ourselves. The source for your strength day by day to meet the different things that bombard you is not a source that you find within yourself. This is what movies and psychology and this world's culture would tell you to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Uh, that you, know, you, you find the strength within and just a, a personal resolve to do. And that's what this world would tell you. This is, this is where they would point your attention. And so what Paul's talking about here is not self-determination. This isn't Paul bragging of, of some level of resolve in life that he's achieved and he's able to meet all of life's challenges because he has it all together. That's not what Paul's communicating at all. Paul is not saying, look, I've got all my ducks in a row. You need to get all your ducks lined up like I have. That's not what Paul's saying at all. The strength for this service is not in himself. You know, people would tell you, you can do anything that you put your mind to. Well, there have been many that have tried to put their mind to something and have failed miserably in the doing of that simply relying on their own strength. And so that's not where our attention is pointed at all for the source of this strength. And I know you already understand that the source of this strength is Christ alone, because this is what the verse actually says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And so Christ is the one that strengthened Paul, and Paul knew it. Paul understood it was keenly aware of the fact that he had to have the power of Christ or he would fail miserably. And so when he was abased, when, when he went someplace and he preached and they rejected everything he said and they beat him and they cast him out of town, he looked, for the Lord, he looked to the Lord for strength to meet that difficulty. When he went to a place and he preached and, and people were converted and saved and the church grew, and, and here it was. it was. It was wonderful. And he abounded. He knew that he didn't do that by the strength of his own power. He knew that Christ was the source of that. And this is a mark of a true child of God understanding the source of their strength. We tend to be proud of ourselves when things go well. Right? I admit, and I think you can resonate with this, fact, it's way easier, in a sense, to trust the Lord when things are going bad. Because when things go bad, you come to the end of yourself, you realize, I've made a mess of things, I can't fix this, I've got to seek the Lord. And so you pray. And in that sense, it's easier to trust the Lord in the hard times. In the good times, it's kind of more difficult to trust the Lord. Because the sinfulness of our flesh is such that we pat ourselves on the back for the good job we did. And we end up not seeking the Lord with the same zeal and fervor. And, you know, we'll give lip service to, oh yeah, the Lord has helped. But we're really proud of ourselves for how well things are going. Well, Paul understood the source of the strength that he had is in Christ. Because of Christ's power, he understood 
this Christ that he was serving was one who created all things. And the same power that was brought to bear to bring the worlds into existence is the power that is brought to bear to meet the needs of his people. This is one who is infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in his ability, in his power to strengthen you for the service that you face day by day. Also because of Christ's wisdom. Wisdom always presupposes knowledge. Uh, I had a very... Um, I don't know what was I trying to say. A humble opportunity. That's not what I mean to say. I was very honored to be able to speak at the FHE graduation. And I spoke there at that graduation from Proverbs 16, 16. And the passage says, how much better is it to seek wisdom than gold? And the focus of my message to those graduates was to pursue a life seeking wisdom rather than pursuing a life seeking gold. And I emphasized in that message the fact that for 12 years, these graduates have been seeking knowledge and education, or at least they're supposed to be, you know, reading their history books and their science books and doing their math work and learning their grammar and their spelling words and all the stuff that they're supposed to do in class. They're learning knowledge, but knowledge does not necessarily equal wisdom But wisdom does not exist in a vacuum with no knowledge at all. Wisdom is really the the right application of, of knowledge. And we can say that we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us because Christ is one with perfect wisdom because he has perfect knowledge of all of our situation. He knows everything that has been brought to bear upon us. He knows the trial that we face. Because it is at his sovereign hand, whate'er my God ordains is right. It is true. Whate'er my God ordains is right. He is the one in wisdom that has brought this into your life anyway. And he is the one with the wisdom to guide you and navigate you through the circumstances that you face so that you can come out the other side saying, I can do all things through Christ that has strengthened Christ is the one that gives us his strength. And it's also because of his love. The love of Christ is really one of the greatest attributes of the Lord to think about. Paul knew that Christ would strengthen him because he knew that Christ loved him. He knew that Christ was not going to let him flounder and just fall on his face and and fail in that sense. Because Paul understood what it was, what, what Peter talks about, to be kept by the power of God. And to be in that love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. And so because of all these things of Christ, Paul understood the source of his strength. And that's where you and I need to be as well. But I want to move on secondly to look at the scope of this strength. What's the scope of it? Well, Paul gives us something of the scope in this verse. He says, I can do all things. Well, that's the scope. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. That doesn't mean that if you're on a baseball team and you go up to bat, you can, in the batter's circle, say, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me, so I'm fixing to hit a home run. Or if you've never skied before, you can get at the top of a black diamond and say, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me and get to the bottom of a black diamond without a 
uh, a broken bone, that's not what we're talking about, and you understand that. But when Paul says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me, he, he's really speaking of this in the spiritual realm. He's, he's speaking of this in, from the perspective of his service for the Lord. He's speaking of it directly in the context of being content in being abased or, 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 or abounding. And he says, the Lord has provided for me all that I need to follow him. The Lord has provided for me all that I need to serve him. And so whatever the Lord brings into my life, I can deal with through his strength. And so that's the scope. The scope is everything that is in the hand of God's providence to you. You may feel defeated and useless. You may feel that you struggle with sin to such a degree that the Lord can't use you. But no, that's not the case at all. Because whatever the Lord has called upon you to do, the Lord has also equipped you or, or will equip you to accomplish. You can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. That's the scope and so that means that no trial is too difficult. In the context, Paul's trials were being abased and abounding. And he said, the Lord has given me the grace and the ability to be content in either situation. It's okay. Christ will strengthen you in any trial that comes your way. So what happens? You lose your job. Well, you seek his guidance, and the Lord will show you what to do. And you can say, I can do all things. I can deal with this through Christ that gives me strength. And so I can, I can get through this trial. We, many, I mean, our, our family in this church, but I think it's touched everyone in the loss of a very close loved one. How do you have grace to go through a difficulty like that? Well, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. How can you have grace to deal with uh, the death of one that has been so dear, that has been so prominent in the life of a church? Well, the Lord is the one that gives strength in that. The Lord is the one that gives grace in that. And we can, we can navigate through the trial knowing that I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Others may have done you wrong, and that might be the trial that you face and people are going to let you down. People are going to disappoint you. People that you look up to are going to, to fail and fall. But how do you navigate through that trial of, of disappointment? How do you navigate through a heart that knows, I need to forgive, but I've been wrong so badly, and it's hard to forgive? And how do you deal with all that? Well, Paul says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. A second aspect of his strengthening is the fact that no temptation is too overwhelming. If no trial is too great, then no temptation is too overwhelming. You can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. Maybe since you've been saved, you, you've been dealing with the same besetting sin. And it plagues you. And you, you've, you've prayed, and you've confessed it, and on and on. And it just it plagues you. And you... You seem to not be able to shake it. No temptation is too great. No temptation is too overwhelming that you can't make this claim. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. 
repented sin, I'm sorry, repeated sin, repeated sin can be very difficult to break. But yet Christ has told us, we read in 1 Corinthians 10.13 from Paul, he says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. You, you might be in sin and, and have convinced yourself Nobody has ever faced it like I faced it. Nobody has ever been plagued with it like I'm plagued with it. This temptation that I face is is too strong. Well, you're not right. Because no temptation hath taken you but such as is common to man. The, The temptation to sin that you face is a temptation to sin that so many others face. And the Lord has promised to give you a way of escape. I've said this many times concerning this particular verse. We need to pray that the Lord will show us the exit before we commit the sin. Because how often has it been that you've committed the sin and you look back, had I only? Well, would the Lord show us the exit the way of escape before. And we pray for grace in that. We pray for the Lord's help in that. But even in that, we can look to this verse. We can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. We can resist temptation through Christ that gives us the strength. In your temptation, you're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but you're wrestling against principalities and powers. In the temptations that you face, you're wrestling against a spiritual wickedness in high place, high places that is, that is in itself trying to manipulate circumstances in such a way to make you fall, to trip you up. But Christ has provided what Paul refers to in another place in the book of Ephesians, the whole armor of God that is there for us to strengthen ourselves for the battle to resist temptation. And we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. And so no temptation is too overwhelming, but also no worry is too burdensome. You know, we, we so often look to the future and we get all worked up about it and we don't know what's going to happen and we wear ourselves to death. I have this all the time. You, you guys know I do this testing with homeschool kids. And no, if, if you're... A 12-year-old girl, please forgive me, but every 12-year-old girl is just beside herself. And they come in, and they're so nervous about this test. And here's this weird man with his big beard that they don't know anything about. And I'm going to get all these questions wrong, and we'll fail the test, and all this, right? And I I can spot them when they come through that door. They're as nervous as anything. And so I try to break the ice with them and, you know, joke around with them and get them calmed down and, okay, let's do this. This isn't this hard. And we get to the end and inevitably I say something along the lines, well, it wasn't so bad, was it? And they'll admit, no, it really wasn't that bad at all. And I've gotten to where now I'll ask them, I say, let me ask you something. 
has anything you've ever worried about turned out to be as bad as you thought it would be? And so far, I've never had anybody say yes to that question. Has anything you've ever worried about turned out to be as bad as you thought it would be? They all say no. Well, then stop worrying about stuff then. I mean, you get all worked up and nothing ever ends up as bad as you think it's going to be. What's the point in getting all worked up about it? Trust the Lord instead. Give it to him. No, no worry is too burdensome. If you really believe what the Lord has says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And so what difference does it make what the future holds? You can't change it anyway. If the future brings you to a place where you're going to be abased, well, the Lord can give you grace to be content with that. If the future brings you circumstances in such that you abound, well, the Lord can give you grace to be content with that as well. And so no task for God is too great. Nothing he calls you to do is going to be too hard. Many of the young people have gone downtown witnessing, passing out tracts. Maybe you feel too shy to do such a thing. You can do all things through Christ that gives you strength. Maybe you feel too embarrassed. You don't know what to say. You don't know what words to say. You don't know how to, what if they ask me a question about the Bible that I don't know about? Guess what? You can do all things through Christ that gives you strength. So no, no task for the Lord is too great if you're looking to him and know that that's the source of your strength and the scope of this strength is for anything that the Lord calls you to do, then go boldly serve the Lord. And if you mess up serving the Lord, guess what? You messed up, big deal. Go keep serving the Lord and keep going and serve him again and mess up again and serve him again and mess up again and serve him again and mess up again and serve him again and serve the Lord with all your heart. Because the Lord is the one that gives you this strength for service. And this strength has a scope that reaches into every area of your life. And then one last thing I want us to see about this. The source, the scope, and then I want us to finish this evening looking at this question. How do we obtain the strength for service? Because, you know, it's all well and good for us to all sit here together and acknowledge the fact that our strength comes from the Lord. And we all shake our head and affirm and agree and amen and all the rest of it. My strength comes from the Lord. That's the source. And it's all well and good to understand that the source of this strength is for everything that, everything that life brings my way. And, and it's fine to acknowledge the truth of all that. But we really have to come to the question, how do we get it? How can I know and experience this strength for real, experientially, in my life? How can I have this strength? Well, I think the verse, even in itself, to some degree, answers that. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. In the Greek, it doesn't even say this, but I think we can understand what Paul is talking about. He, he is still making the same allusion to what he makes all the time of an aspect of a union with Christ. And so how do you obtain this strength? Well, first and fundamentally, be in Christ. 
That is the thesis of all of Paul's epistles, to be in Christ. And so he says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. It implies in that a union with Christ. It implies in that a belonging to Christ. It implies in here being born again. It implies in here everything that Christ said in John 15 uh, with that whole metaphor of I am the vine and you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. And so how do you have strength for service? How, does, how do you experience the strength, the scope of it in every part of life? Well, you're in Christ. You're abiding in Christ. You're in the vine. You're attached to the vine. And the nourishment flows from the vine to the branches. And as the nourishment goes from the vine to the branches, the branches flourish. And the branches grow. And they bear much fruit. And so first and fundamentally, you have to be in Christ. You have to be born again. And being in Christ, being connected to him, abiding in Christ, you receive the strength for service. But then another thing I mentioned just that I've alluded to already, and really by way of application of this, I can do all things through Christ that, that strengtheneth me. This, this idea of being strengthened by Christ, I think to some degree at least brings forth an imagery of a, of a warrior, of a fighter. And does that not bring to our mind what I've alluded to from Ephesians 6, that whole armor of God? How do you use the shield of faith? Well, you use the shield of faith as you're abiding in Christ, as you're understanding him as the source of the faith that you need to believe the promises of God. You trust him. How do you wield the sword of the Spirit? But by abiding in Christ and knowing that the source of your strength to wield that sword comes from him. We go back to this, you know, going downtown. If you go downtown and pass out tracks and you think, man, I got this all figured out and I know just exactly what to say. And I can give them this track and I can ask them this question. I can respond this way and they say this and I say this and we say this. And we have this little tennis match of words and I got this whole evangelism thing sorted out. Man, you're going to fall flat on your face and the Lord will humble you in that. But if you go seeking the Lord with this sword of the Spirit, knowing, Lord, this thing's too heavy for me. This is like Goliath's sword. I can't swing this thing. But you know the strength from Christ to wield that sword of the Spirit, and you're acknowledging Him and trusting Him in using that sword. Well, that's where you have the strength. That's how you get that. Prayer. You communicate with the Lord. How do you receive this strength? Ask for it. Lord, I'm weak. Lord, I need strength. I need you to fill me with your spirit. I need you to enable me for this task at hand, this service. Whether it be the mundane stuff of the home, in, in just providing for your family, whether you're husband, wife, whatever, just the, the mundane stuff of life, all that is kingdom work. All that is we are, we are seeking to 
raise the next generation for Christ? And how do we meet that challenge? How do we meet that trial? How do we do that? How do we get power for that? Well, we pray and we ask the Lord for that. And so it's a matter of developing a deeper relationship with Christ and being in him and trusting him and looking to him and being near to him. And the nearer we are to him, the stronger we are. And this is where Paul found himself. He says, I can do all things. It doesn't matter what the Lord brings to me. I can do all these things through Christ that gives me strength. And so may the Lord strengthen us as well. Amen. Let's close in prayer. Our Father, as we close our time today, we acknowledge before you the weakness of our own flesh. We would say the spirit is willing, but the flesh is so weak. We do desire to be good servants in your kingdom. We desire to advance your kingdom. We desire to be good testimonies and to live for you. But we find ourselves so weak in doing it. But we pray that you would write this verse on our hearts and remind us every day that our strength is from above. And we pray that you would give us grace to look to that strength rather than, as we read in the Proverbs, leaning on our own understanding. But we would, in all of our ways, acknowledge you, knowing that you will direct our paths. So we pray that you'll help us with these words today. We pray that you'll bless us in this week that's before us. We pray for the Memorial Day picnic and time of fellowship that we have tomorrow. And we would even ask that you would be gracious to us to hold off the rain for that time, to give us an enjoyable time together. We acknowledge you are the God of the heavens and the earth. And so we pray that you would do this for us tomorrow and give us a good time of fellowship, enjoying one another. And then as we go back to face the responsibilities in work life and our homes, We pray for strength to meet each task. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.